Hi everyone, it's time for a matcha talk. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. I hope everyone is in their comfy little spots. I mm-hmm. am sitting cross-legged, got a pillow on my back, on this comfy little thing. What about you, Sayamadi? Oh, it is interesting to note that Summer does not actually have real furniture. So, <laughs> she's, uh, if she's thinking cross-legged, it's probably on some blankets. I don't know what's happening down there. It's a very, it's it's a rolled-up futon. It's very comfy, okay? <laughs> I am actually in my office, so I started to kind of put it together, and I painted the wall and everything. So, I am physically comfy and also mentally comfy mentally comfy mm-hmm. yeah why say this well because if everything's kind of messy i i find that i am the most creative and the most at peace and the most like, i dream a lot a dreamer in a place that actually looks nice so before <laughs> i've been working in the office it's been fine but now it's like oh look it actually looks a little bit put together because we moved like uh, it hasn't even been a year yet, so it's always been like a work in progress the entire house. Mm-hmm. So I think the office right now is is the only one upstairs that's looking like something, and that has been very nice. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Look at that. And yeah. this, the reason I asked you was because we are going to be asking each other such questions today, are we not? Oh, yeah. So today we're changing things up a little bit. And let me share a little bit why. I don't know if you're familiar with this podcast, Freshly Grounded. I'm really excited for these brothers because that's one of the really top Muslim podcasts that's out there. And they're based in the UK. And they released this card game recently. And it was like sold out within like 30 minutes. So that was really sad. I couldn't get my hands on it. Mashallah. Yeah, right? And so I'm really, hopefully, inshallah, they will come up with more copies for that soon. But I really loved that having these deep connections with prompts and things like that. And so in the podcast I listened to, they shared a connection, a conversation about it. And the answer was really cool. And so I was like, let's talk about that answer and then have some sort of questions of our own. And then uh, Freshly Grounded, if you are listening, then please come up with more cards Yay! and I will buy them from you and we can play it on this podcast together. <laughs> yeah, inshallah, man, right? If they were listening mm-hmm. to us, glorious. Uh, but first, before we get into all the fun questions and things, we do have a comment caffeine today, the yes! official one. Wait, wait, I am snapping my fingers <laughs> as, as our background music. <laughs> To this, I'm so excited about this segment, Common Caffeine. And that is, if you don't know, we're going to go through our Instagram, find one comment that we liked on any of the recent posts, and just talk about that comment for a little bit and give you a shout out because we love our listeners and our followers on Instagram. So this one summer was on a quote that I posted um, so we're going to be doing something different in the Matcha Talk where we're sharing quotes that kind of work with our podcast topic of the week. And so this one was the the podcast about what we watch and what we consume. I don't remember the name of it. Do you remember the name? It was I'm Wake Up Sheeple. Uh, yes. It was, yeah. <laughs> Wake Up Sheeple. So uh, I shared a quote by Amelia Clark, which said, never trust anyone whose TV is bigger than their bookshelf. And we actually had another podcaster, the Camellia's Bloom podcast. And uh, she responded, well, depends on the books they have. 
And uh, I mean, just, just a very civil, <laughs> polite comment. I love it. It's great. Yeah. And then you, it's true. you had to respond. <laughs> well, hang on. Like, can you imagine, though, if a person has like Mein Kampf on their bookshelf and like, <laughs> I don't know, all like. It's so telling. What is it? Dictator paraphernalia. Yeah. I can yeah, never say yeah, that yeah. word. Yeah, that would be kind of messed up. Uh, so you definitely do not hang out with them, even if like they don't even have a TV, right? But I responded, we may or may not have a strong opinion on those who have the Twilight series on theirs. <laughs> Which, yes. you know, you know, I'll give you, I will have an opinion. I don't know if it'll be a strong opinion. I'll judge you a little bit, like a little bit. I have to, I'll just on principle. But on the other hand, you know, I kind of like the Twilight series. That's why I said may or may not because you don't and I do. And it was a valid thing. I I think I maybe it was on your when we were living our younger life together. <laughs> um, you had it on your bookshelf. And I think I have I read a page or two and I was like, that's it. I can't do this. And I never watched the movie either because the acting is awful. So I'm not familiar. I have huge opinions about twilight but i think i agree with the comment though it does depend on what books they have but generally a person who actually reads books is a lot more interesting and intriguing than those who just watch movies and play video games etc all day absolutely and just yeah. to be clear i didn't have it on my bookshelf always we do you still have it and i when it came out, all the friends were mm -hmm. just sharing. One friend actually went and bought it, and we judged her for it. But then she said, <laughs> if you guys But then you read hate, all three. If you guys hate it so much, you should read it first. <laughs> and, you know, she was right. Don't do the book by its cover, the whole. And so I, I read it. She passed it around, and I did. And I'm reading all three, <laughs> four, was it? And uh, she actually was the one who bought all of them, and we mooshed off of her. Thank you. Shout out. You know who you are. <laughs> so uh, as much as I want to hate on Twilight together, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I want to share with you the, the, the podcast episode. So it was really cool. The question that they asked was, he asked them kind of like, you know, what is one thing that people, that the less than five people know about you? You know, like one thing that people don't know, like basically very few people know what is one thing where people know about you. And he said that it was the love he has for his kid. His, his uh, I, I don't think he mentioned the gender, son or, or I believe it was son. And the love that he has for him. And I was like, okay, you know, all right. I hear this, right? All parents talk about this. But he said something really cool. He said that the the parents he's like you know you love that person so fully you like you want to give them everything they need you want to you know you don't really mind like you want them to be successful you want them to be this and that you mm -hmm. will give everything that you want and but the only thing like you don't want anything in return except you want them to love you back and i was like oh my god like boom right like i just thought about that's basically what Allah is also in that way. Like, that's what he wants too. He's like, I'm giving you a house. I'm putting you in this country. I'm giving you X, Y, and Z. You have health. You have all these blessings. I gave you life. All, yeah. <laughs> all I want in return is for you to love me and me alone. Yes. 
isn't that insane like i knew that parents love for their kids is pretty intense and i've heard people talk about i mean you know like they will take a bullet for their children right you know generally most parents but just it's like the only thing wanting back is love i just never put that together i didn't know that was part of the equation no that is a, that is really i think very eloquently beautifully put i think mm. we've all kind of touched on this love that parents have for their kids and just like you said it's very vast right but yeah yep. i don't think a lot of us actually think about what is the expectation that parents have in return they're giving out so much what do they really want in return what are they expecting to be the payback or something i don't know yeah i wonder like for him it's like just love me back and that was for him yeah. but because maybe that's what his child rearing has been in which he was in a very loving kind of a relationship with his parents but i wonder how that differs uh, maybe in some you know like the, how to talk about love language so oh. maybe there's a different language for parents. The parents are like, you obey me. That's how you show me that you love me. And it's like, wait, <laughs> hang on. That's kind of not the part of the bargain here. So, yeah, I wonder about that. Like, maybe in the end, it is all about I want your love back. But maybe it's being presented in different ways based on what they consider love to be. Right. So it's not necessarily, see, I was going to go the mean route. But I didn't want to ruin that beautiful sentiment. But I'll go the mean route. I'll do it. Okay, so some parents might be like, and you will not believe I have heard this. So it's not just me saying that. And it's going to sound terrible. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say that would surprise me. I have heard a lot in my life. Okay, so you know who's going to take care of you when you grow old? You take care of your kids. And then when you grow old, your kids will take care of you. Literally, end all be all. Which is like bro that's not all it is to parenting and that's not all the relationship is between parents and children maybe the con the context in which i heard it i know the person very well and they did not mean it in this fashion but it was a part of the pact between parents and children and i think that again goes back to what you just said which is how is love defined right so Mm -hmm. if maybe it is an action thing or a give or take i gave you all the attention growing up i raised you i am expecting you to do the same for me so it's like that give and take i don't know i mean that's definitely something that you know i've heard i always was like "Mm," you know i mean i'm sure that could have been phrased better i didn't say anything (laughs) I think we've talked about this a little bit before mm-hmm. when it comes to my personal thing. Like in our culture, obviously, you know, the expectation is that the parents will be with you and you take your, like one child takes sort of a responsibility and the parents move in with the child and that's kind of how it works. And it's really, really interesting because being married to my husband who's Puerto Rican, that's not expectation in his culture at all as far as I know. Um, in his case, his mother is like, uh, yeah, I don't want to move in with you guys. I don't want you to take care of me. I basically she always wants to be self-sufficient and she has put things in place so that whenever you know that time comes and there are things in place already and I mean it was like a discussion we had and she was like no way you know I'm not you're not gonna take care of me like that's it and so what is it that she wants from her son honestly in this case it's probably you know just for a relationship just for him to be happy 
yeah, just have a good relationship with her. Call her, be in touch with her, make sure she's okay. Obviously, but that's how yeah, that's uh, love mm-hmm. right there, right? Exactly. So that's a different definition of love, right? And in her case, I would say that it also depends, right, in what kind of a socioeconomic status you're in, because I mean, a lot of us have, or those of us who do have immigrant parents. They don't, you know, most likely they don't have a retirement in place. They don't have some things going on that's going to, a pension sometimes even, you know. So it's just a matter of a lot of things. But in the end, the sentiment for healthy relationships is like, I want you to love me back. Whatever that love may be. And then we have some psychopathic, yeah, psychopathic parents who are like, obey me, worship me, listen to me only and be with me forever and like hate everyone around you. Like that's. We're not talking about toxic and abusive relationships here. Just like general healthy relationships. It's like, love me back in whatever language that is or culture that is, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's it. That's it right there. It's just how everyone defines it. It's going to be different. That's beautiful. I just love that. The way that he said it, and I was like, wow, that is so pure. You know, <laughs> that yes. is so. And But the thing is, like, that's not, like, you know how we have all these different definitions right now? But that, that, that the love that Allah is asking for doesn't have all these definitions. What do you like, mean? With, like, you know, over here we're like, oh, yeah, that love maybe take care of myself. Or that, that love maybe visit me every month or, or spend like a summer with me. That, you know, like different kind of how loves that, that you give back to your parents. When it comes to Allah's love, there is one definition. There is no multiple one. And, you know, it, the, that is the pure one. Even though I said, oh, that's so pure to the to the host yeah. in the podcast, the real pure is like with Allah. Like it doesn't. There's no misinterpretation. Like it's very yeah. clear. Like and there's no like and just love. Like yeah, and there's no like um, abusive relationships can have. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> nothing. Nothing negative can come out of this. It is only good. And the more that you love Him, the more that you experience that spiritual. Um, openings as they say you know like you so it's like more you just get more and more out of it it's never ending love back and it's it's quite selfless it's not I mean like you said Allah doesn't need anything right so Mm -hmm. it's not as if parents are giving because they're expecting something in return uh or abusive like you said some kind of negativity but Allah is so selfless he doesn't need anything and we don't need to give him anything in that sense he's just generous he's just generous yeah so kind we of just a, love kind of him what he is. and mm-hmm. there's no expectation that anything else needs to be done or that we're going to expect some negativity if we don't you know if I don't do this a calamity yeah, I mean, will strike. I mean, you know, obviously we're not going to go into the... No, there's truth to that statement. Negative like aspects the, of our actions, but yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, t- consider, you know, how the uh, Ar-Rahman and Rahim, they're two different words. That one is referring to the believers, the everlasting mercy, and one is referring to everyone else, you know, the mercy that they have in this world. So even if they don't love him the way that he wants them to, right? Allah wants us to love him the proper way. Yes. Um, he still is like, I'm still going to shower you with the blessings because that's just the kind of a creator he is, right? Right. And, and I think that's also very beautiful. Like, he's like giving you all the chances, you know, until you die. It's like you have an opportunity. I will still give you so much. But if you were to love me the way that I want you to love me, then I'm 
gonna shower you with things you can't even imagine in this life and in the next life yeah like it's just such a wholesome relationship yeah no yeah it really is it really is so i think it's a yeah i think that's uh you know even though i I, this game is really cool i forgot what they call them uh the cards but it's really cool because he talked about it with his friend or the other guest on the podcast and it's like oh look now we're talking about it to another level so i really like that and so i thought it would be really cool for us to have some questions like that um we don't have the game but there is this website called personalcreations.com. Just randomly Googled it, seriously. And and I was like, oh, interesting, deep questions. And so that popped up. Um, but let us know, though, that you're listening. Let us know if you want us to do more of these segments. I think it will be really cool. Um, yeah. So we're going to go down. It yeah. actually helps everyone kind of understand each other better. And you can know... Samia really hates it when people chew really loud or (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) and then you know I think it would be really cool for everyone to get to know each other in that way and I'd love to hear what what, what's a good what's a good question I don't know but like something will probably come up and I'd love to hear you know like obviously you'll have a chance to explain your perspective I'll have a chance to explain mine and then you know whoever's listening let us know and that way we can build like an understanding of each other and that'd be fun i think we talked about it in one of our podcasts where we we said about friendships and um we have you come up with really creative names Mm -hmm. for their podcast so i sometimes i forget the title but that's what we talked about how like you know when we're having the discussion and and this friendship it's like a just like a chat it's not shallow right like it's always about wanting to know a person yeah and i think that really develops a good conversation absolutely so i'd love to have a deeper connection with everyone so yeah but first let us get into these questions about ourselves or to each other what's the first one yeah so they actually had different categories in this website deep questions about childhood Oh my god, I think I like that actually. <laughs> a deep questions about love, a deep questions about values. I like the values part. So how about we do this? How about okay, because you also like the values, right? Yeah, same fun. So how about how about you you ask me questions from the value section and I ask you questions from the childhood section. Ooh, mixing we, it up, are we? Yeah, and we can always like ask each other the question back. Like I don't mind also talking about the question, et cetera, et cetera. And I think because we don't want this episode to be, you know, like two hours, maybe we can limit. I mean, let's, let's limit. Let's just go however much we can go within 30, 40 minutes. What is the time that we have? Well, now we have 20 minutes left. So, yeah, <laughs> there we go. So, however All many right. questions that we can do in 20 me. minutes. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do you want to go first? I, we go first. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, that means I will go first so you can talk a lot. Okay, okay, go wait. <laughs> Um, deep questions about childhood. My first question to you is, ah, what is your best childhood memory? Oh, man. You have a lot? I mean, I think, (laughs) I don't know how I can come, oh, man. Okay, so one, I don't know, this is hard because I don't remember details and circumstance. I remember what I felt at that time or the general vibe of what was going on, you know? Like, I don't remember events. I remember generally kind of what occurred. So, I remember one 
petrichor, this one particular kind of, and, and petrichor is a is a smell uh, of rain hitting the ground or after the rain, the smell. Yeah, the smell. Oh, I love that smell so much. Yes, it's, it's yeah. great. And I remember one distinctly. We had a uh, what is it called? Was it like a dust storm in Pakistan or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were being smart. We were up on the roof. <laughs> we were playing around. I think it was raining. We were playing around. It was raining. And I just distinctly remember the smell because it was happening after the dust storm or something. So it was like dusty smell to the rain. And we were being so foolish. And I was like jumping <laughs> in this yeah. absolute ridiculous wind. And... I jumped and I like flew or something a little bit and it was glorious I think but scary or I could be imagining it all and you jumped and flew and I saw it happening no no actually this is so funny because I've mentioned this to Hamza before and I'm like hey you know what happened (laughs) one time we were on the roof it was a dust jump there was no rain at that time that's not what I remember and I was like yeah we were playing and summer just like flew like So yeah, it was a gust of wind, and and obviously in Pakistan, right? You like, can generally get on the roof, and you have that little, like a railing. But it was we had in our house; it was all made of bricks, and you like really Dude, went. It was you went towards that. It was like two feet high. It wasn't even a real railing. Okay, like it was not. Yeah, it's not like no it was, ADA well, yeah, approved for me. I could. But it's really cool that you remember that. And that was a good one. The best childhood memory you had. That's and the, cool. But then what I was going to say, the reason yeah. Petrichor is happening is, or, or why I remember that, is because I distinctly remember in Florida, there was, a, there was a rain that happened once or twice. And it had that same kind of smell, that dusty mm. smell. And I was like, what is this? This reminds me. <laughs> of that dust storm in Pakistan. I asked my mom, like, Ma, do you smell this right now? Does it not smell like that? And I think she agreed. I don't know. I felt validated. <laughs> but she... She was like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> she might have. But yeah. I just remembered it. And so now the smell of rain and that memory is now, like, confused with that other memory. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, so that's the general kind of vibe i remember that smell in particular and then just having the time of life as i'm flying in the wind yeah. <laughs> like giving yourself up to nature like that <laughs> over the roof i could have gone but alhamdulillah well, we were like oh my god and we grabbed summer we uh me and my other sister we grabbed summer and then uh, i think we later recounted because because our grandmother did not want us to go up there she was like don't you go up there but we did anyway <laughs> So I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. And she probably was like, my God, these kids. <laughs> I just told them not to do it. <laughs> and she nearly died. But okay. <laughs> it was great. I regret nothing. <laughs> okay, so All right. I'm going to ask you the next yeah. question. Yeah, go for it. So would you rather acquire material items or experiences? Which I think, oh, come on. That is a very easy answer. But let me tell you, I'm finding this really interesting that I have always been about experiences as far as I remember as like an adult, right? I'm like, I'd rather do something rather than have all those things. But recently now that we moved into this house, right? And I'm like, oh, I I want to be surrounded with pretty things too. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so I find it really, really weird because I feel like I'm going against myself a little bit because I do care about experiences more than anything. And I and uh, when we got married, me and my husband, that's one of the things. In the beginning, I gave him an anniversary present, and he gave me. I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember what we gave each other, right? And then we just made that decision that we were like, hey, you know what? Let's not. Let's always do something on our anniversary. So we always do something and we've always like going out of town for a little while or even like go to a restaurant like last year when we had an anniversary my parents were over and so we ended up going to a restaurant and so we didn't go out of town like we would like to and this year obviously because of covid um we we did takeout we went to a korean restaurant which we like and we did takeout so it's been about and that is an experience for me it's not about oh yeah take out the food but take out like oh yeah let's have korean food together kind of an experience so I, I like experiences way more than material. They last longer. But what do you mean by you feel you want to be surrounded by pretty things and that's going against yeah. this experience? I do feel that because I've been, I've been struggling with this, right? Um, I like the home to look nice. And I think that kind of goes against me and my minimalistic uh, journey approach too. Because like, I want to have less things, but... But then I also want to have meaningful things. I want to have things that will last. I okay. want to, you know Hear me what out. I'm saying here? Hear me out here. Mm. Your environment <laughs> is part of your experience. Your home where you're spending so much of your time needs to be conducive to a good experience. So if your home oh, like is not in a good place, you're setting up a not good experience. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I don't think but you're still, going against it at all. Yeah, I still I wouldn't want to. Exactly, you're right. Ah, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> I I wouldn't want to be like. I still don't want my husband to give me anniversary or birthday presents. You know, like I still feel strongly about that. I don't want anyone to give me any presents generally. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. All right. So I'm still uh, I'm still me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you just value not living in a pigsty. That's fine. <laughs> yeah no i mean i don't think we live in filled but it was just <laughs> i mean it was functioning like the office i mentioned in the beginning today like it was a functioning space it was organized almost almost you know functioning space but now it's like oh there's paint on the walls and there's patterns and it just it just fills me with happiness exactly it gives yeah. you a good experience whenever you walk in the room yeah makes me feel put together too yes exactly <laughs> don't feel bad about that come on yeah all right my turn for your question oh i love this one what do you admire most about your parents oh my gosh man you asking the tough questions yeah it's really a really you, good one just popped up i gave you an easy <laughs> one don't give me an easy one yeah don't i'm gonna do that because we want to spend 20 minutes on this we gotta be like deep questions you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a good one next time all right um so what you ask me, what do I admire the most about my parents? Yes. Well, I know for one thing, the one thing that I think is really difficult. So our parents were together in Pakistan. And then uh, for a period of time, our father came to United States to earn money and then help support us 11 years it was 11 years he was here there we go so to help support mm -hmm. us in pakistan for 11 years he spent here alone away from his wife and kids and all the rest of his family and 
And he was visited like once a year too. Yeah, yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. That's what I was going to say. I, I wasn't sure if it was just once a year, but... About once a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it was tough and, you know, plane tickets are expensive too. So all of that time, he spent away from everyone like that. But my mom did too, you know? So our mother spent 11 years with how many kids? <laughs> Mashallah, like a lot of kids. And then... Um, obviously the whole family was still there everyone is in pakistan and so she still has everyone except her husband and then our father didn't have anyone here so i think that was really that's something that i don't think i can imagine i mean you can do it i think when you don't when you're single but when you're married and you're living separate like that, I think that's super rough. I mean, not knowing, mm-hmm. but I can only imagine. So the fact that they went through that, I uh, I think I just got to give them super props for that. That is really rough. And I, I think I really do admire them for going through that. And And she was living with her in-laws too. And I think that's really important because... When you're, you know, going with your in-laws or whatever, like, uh, your spouse is always that translator, that mediator in the middle, right? It's like, oh, what? Even if, like, let's say I want to say something to them, like, can I say that or is that going to offend them? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, you have to have that mediator. Or if there's a disagreement, then the spouse is the one who plays, like, a little bit of a, oh, yeah, she didn't mean that, he didn't mean that, etc. And so she didn't have that. She didn't have that support from her husband. Um, and then she didn't have that mediator and then you're living in, you know, in-law situation and everybody knows, you know, 80% of the time what that is like. And so a lot of those issues. A caveat though, it was a little different because immediately after marriage, he didn't go immediately after marriage. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so he, I was, there was, I was born. So I was, yeah, I just was basically born that year and, and we have two, three siblings who were older and that's when he went. So it was like quite some time. So it wasn't necessarily like there was like our mom couldn't communicate with the in-laws 100% well. It was what there's I wanted. Always. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's always that level, right? Yeah, definitely more necessary in the beginning than, you know, after some time. So Alhamdulillah, I just want to say like Alhamdulillah, she it wasn't yeah. right immediately after. But uh, always, I think it would have been a very different experience for her if he was there. And yeah, I mean, it's tough. They a lot both of sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. That was, dang, Sumaji, that was a tough one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a tough one for you. How have your values changed from 10 years ago? If you remember <laughs> who you were 10 years ago. It's, this is a good time frame because for me right now, 10 years was my pre-marriage self. So I can draw a line a little bit and then determine how my values have changed. I have changed a lot over the 10 years for sure. I mean, I am a, a 34 right now. 34, I think. 33. I don't know. One of those two. I am here. And so, I mean, the, the period of growth between 20 and 30 is huge. And I always say I love my 30s. 
And so I think one of the values that have changed with me and the reason why I love the 30s is because I really honestly don't care about people. And I think before I cared about people. Not <laughs> wow. Like, not like cared. I, sh- I should rephrase that. I don't care what people have to say about anything in regards to my life. Okay. Much yeah. better. <laughs> much better. <laughs> I should care about people. I'm actually a very caring person generally, which is sometimes not good because I get really like upset <laughs> especially when it's injustice i get really really upset and anyway so one thing that i have changed in my value system is just valuing valuing my peace of mind more than appeasing to such and such person right that has been a really big thing in which i've totally understood what that meant and i have at peace with that so that is a big value change what other value changes that i've had over the past 10 years Obviously, my idea of marriage, because before I was like, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have kids, I'm going to homeschool them, I'm not going to let them watch any TV, right? Like, I had all those <laughs> oh, things. All the ideals. <laughs> and now I'm like, alhamdulillah, I don't have any kids, <laughs> I don't have to school them, I don't have to worry about what they watch on TV, I don't have to worry about anything. So, But, the but idea that hasn't who, changed your value. It of- has, because... I think it's changed me as a person, you know? I don't know if that really answers, but I feel like I'm a changed person because of that. So it's so it sounded like your value before was not centralized, but you had a particular value about how kids should be raised, which I don't know if you still have the same value or not. But your what's definitely changed is that you were thinking about kids before and now you're not. That's not a value change. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not. I don't know. I just think I consider that to be some level. It is a value change because before, you know, remember in our single and mingle episode, <laughs> we talked about this idea of attaching yourself to a made life by your culture standard or your how you grew up standard. And it was like, it's not always, you know, that's not how it always ends up being. So your identity or et cetera should always be attached to who you are as a person. And in our case, as Muslims, our spirituality, that's one of the, are the values that we attach ourselves to. Rather than saying, oh yeah, you know, my, my reality as a person is if I'm a mother, if I'm a wife, if I'm et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like, like not having that little life that I imagine myself to have has really shifted that and made me really focus on myself. So it was basically, it shifted such an integral base part of you that it affected everything else, right? Yeah, because it's, it's a change of value. What do, what do I value now more than what do I value before? Mm. Before I valued, you know, a cookie cutter approach to life. And now I'm like, yeah, that's not kind of how it is, is it? Right. You know, yeah, it's more about what I do with my life. So that's kind of a change of the value. So yeah, that was really hard. That would be my two responses. What was that first one? I don't remember. Oh yeah, I uh, not caring about people opinions. <laughs> and <laughs> good catch. <laughs> I do find myself saying that that I don't care about people because sometimes you shouldn't. <laughs> right? Sometimes you should not. Absolutely. If if it is to the point of of your detriment. And if they're not your relatives, and if you have not done your very best, then then yeah, don't care about it, you know. 
Yeah. I'm... Or if you have not, then you should. But then if you have, then you should. You know, they actually say as people grow older, they become more and more uncaring about other people. Like, it's just natural. You're following your biological clock in that sense. You're fine. <laughs> people end oh, up... Yeah. Have you ever heard <laughs> that old people are super cranky? Like, they don't care about I snack. have heard. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could be, you know, wearing the same clothes all day, uh, all week, right? Like... Yeah, this I think it's just this idea of self-assurance. It's like, dude, you know, are you really going to think of me as such and such person because of this and this? You know, I don't agree with cranky old people. I don't think that's right. I think if you're cranky and you're older, I I mean, Prophet Salam was not cranky and he was quite old. And and then we have actually Sahaba. It's I don't remember his name. And, and he was a person who was very harsh on others at times. Like, he was like, this is haram, you shouldn't, you know, like, kind of that kind of a person. Mm. And it was uh, during the time, Khulafa of, I believe, maybe it was Abu Bakr or maybe, no, no, I think it was later. One of the Khalifas actually went over to him. Because he was literally, like, sit by the road almost and just be like, how could you? you know, <laughs> don't do this, right? The so original... The original yeah. haram police. No, no, but not in not in a way the haram police is. Okay, I was hesitating he, com- whether to say it or not. No, but if you're saying by the road, the, I mean that's intense. No, I mean I'm just. This is an image that I get when I heard the story about him, and not in a haram police way because the haram police are actually very damaging. They are damaging people themselves because they're out there not focusing on themselves. I mean, you're right? not a Sahaba, so you don't have no right. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, and he was a companion and a very respected companion. Absolutely. So that's not like, yeah. So, yeah, in this case, they went to me. like, why don't you move and live over there and spend your life, basically? Because there was a lot of that going on in his life. And eventually, I believe it was, um, yeah, anyways, whoever the name was. I should really know the names. I struggle with them a lot. But it was really interesting because afterwards, when he passed away, um, it was, I think it was like a dream or something someone had in which they said, you know, he's going to be buried with a companion. Like one of the, Umar Talana was the one, I believe eventually, that they were passing the caravan and he had passed on and his wife was like, hey, we need to bury him and he actually ended up having a really important beautiful funeral anyway his story is beautiful i don't know his <laughs> name if you do let me know um i don't know how that got there but the idea of getting older and i think we need to be more beautiful our faith is more beautiful yes he was not a cranky person he was just like really upset at when someone transgressed something right, right. like he, even the, themselves like why are you why are you doing this like don't you know any better instead of saying you are going to hell right <laughs> yeah or you're just like a horrible person that's a whole different approach yeah so i hope i hope that we won't be cranky when we're older i really hope that won't yeah, be there are old people i think i think the better way to put that is old the older you get the more unapologetic you become uh because you're apologizing to others and so we're not talking about in the religious sense. I, I mean that specifically in the societal sense. So as they become older, they become more unapologetic to others because they're so comfortable in themselves. They, yeah. like you said, don't care about what others say. And so mm-hmm. they don't have to apologize because I don't care what you have to say. So well, why being, will I apologize to you? And no, I don't, being and cranky I don't, doesn't mean... Being cranky doesn't mean you don't apologize. No, being cranky no, no, no. means you're just like a cranky person. No, this is something I have either heard elsewhere or I just said off the I fly. Have I have to. Right? That they become unapologetic mm. is what I'm saying. 
Mm. So yeah, I think that's awesome. Right? I, I I'm not against it. I think that's cool. I think I respect that. I think I respect yeah. that. And you become so chill with yourself, and you're just like, I know what I need to be. I don't care what you think I need to be. Bye. Yes, and you know, as long as you're respectful about it and you're confident about it, then then it doesn't really affect you, you know? It's like, oh, I'm going to eat ribs today. And <laughs> if that bothers you, then maybe you should not have these ribs and I will have them, you know, rather <laughs> yeah. than you don't want ribs. Oh, let's order something else, you know? It's like, wait, I oh, really want man. ribs though, you know? Like, Goals. there's a little, obviously those ups and downs and relationship, like we're not getting into details here, but just this idea that was just of a being okay with themselves. That yeah. was just a simplified explanation. But yeah, no, I like that. My goal now is going to be I have to internally be an 80-year-old woman. No, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm in my 30s. I'm in the process of it. And I and I really like it. I really like not having to explain myself any more than necessary. Yeah. You know? Be and just more being like, unapologetic. Oh, you are, and especially as a Muslim, right? Like, I don't, I don't really care if someone is bothered by my existence <laughs> welcome to america why are yeah. you wearing a hijab no why or are you wearing just, that you know <laughs> if i'm you know so, uh, my other response would be before right like let me i think it's raining here i'm sure if you hear that but there's some stuff going on out here today which is really exciting i'm living in the <laughs> desert um but yeah talking about what you just said it's kind of like before i would be like okay how can i make myself seem more friendly less harmful etc and now i'm like uh do i have to like is this yeah. really necessary yeah. can i just can i just have a normal day where i don't feel like smiling at everyone but if i do then it's charity but like i you know it's not necessary <laughs> yeah <laughs> can i just have one of those days absolutely, right absolutely <laughs> absolutely i feel that i feel yeah that. So we're actually hitting our time now. So we like to hit about 40, 45 minutes for our episode. So I hope that you guys enjoyed today's where we talked about different things and childhood memories and values. And let us know if there are other card games out there where we can get like that. And maybe we can have, I don't know, one of those random episodes in the middle where we just pull up a card out and have a deep discussion about something absolutely and as i said before i'd love to hear what your childhood was like you know the change in your values that you've had and these are just good questions to kind of think about yourself honestly yeah so go go to the uh, description of this podcast and hit say salams and you can leave your comments thoughts suggestions criticisms ideas right over there and don't forget if you had a good time then head over to the app and click five stars and let us know. Everybody know why they should be listening to Matcha Talk podcast, inshallah. Absolutely. And then continue to talk with us on Instagram. Tell us more about your bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> no, whatever that is, we're going to be picking another comment for the comment caffeine session. We're going to give you a shout out. Follow us over there. And thank you very much for having Matcha with us. We'll talk with you next time. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.